Hey weirdo, what's your superpower, and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Season 1, Issue 7 of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your power might be. I'm Charlie White, and I'm so glad you're joining me here for the story today. Before we jump into Previously On, I have a special request. Normally, we play the Villainous Letters game at the end of every episode. Today I want to make a special call out to you, dear listener. We need your ideas for villains and heroes. It's really easy. You get to make up your own villain or hero that we'll talk about. If you want to make up a villain, all we need is a name, a superpower, and a sentence or two about a problem that they're causing. Remember, the sillier the villain, the better. And if you've got an idea for a hero, it's the same thing. Come up with a name and a power, but use the special letters from last week's episode to help figure out how to beat the villain. We love it when you send in drawings of your hero or your villain. So you can go online to justusweirdos.com and tell us about your villains or heroes. And also send in your artwork. Thank you so much, and we can't do this part of the show without your help. With that out of the way, some of you might remember last week, when we followed Beninja and his robotic butler, Butlerbot. When Beninja left the EcoDirect ship, he thought there was a little more going on than met the eye. He had placed a tracker on Graphene's helmet, and planned on following her without knowing that the strange fish boy had stolen the helmet. Beninja tracked them to Binary Towers where the fish boy had gone. Beninja snuck up to the 18th floor of Binary Tower where he saw Mrs. Work and a young man named Jules arguing about the destruction of the binary supersuit and appeared that this was the boy who had taken Graphene's helmet. The boy and Mrs. Work watched the video footage together and Mrs. Work learned that her daughter and her daughter's best friend were playing superhero. Angry, Mrs. Work was about to confront her daughter, but then she got a call from Bernie Connors of QPDR News. And before she knew it, she didn't know it. That is to say, her mind and Jules' mind were both erased. Only Beninja's memory survived intact because of the banana cream pods he jammed into his ears. Dressed as Kirby Kuramoto, he went into Mrs. Work's office, took the camera, and left. And before we get started, we have a message for insensitive listeners. Today's episode contains scenes of kids arguing on the playground, of poorly built computers crying out in pain, and accusations of supervillainry. So kids, if there's an adult around, you should distract them for a while. Try giving them a smartphone so you can sit back, put a smile on your face, and enjoy this episode of Just Us Weirdos. Trust me, you're a hero. Being in school is great cover for a superhero. Kirby Kuramoto feels safer at school than even his mansion of a home, 
because no one is going to check a playground for superheroes. He thinks sarcastically to himself, not that anyone would look in Quadropolis for any more heroes anyway. It seems Wondar is the only hero we have or need here. Kirby attends Quadropolis Prep Academy, a private school for rich kids in the greater Quadropolis area. It's a place wealthy parents like to send their kids to make sure their kids are only around other wealthy students. Kirby left school early today, presenting his teacher with a forged note about a doctor's appointment. And now he has instructed Butlerbot to bring him to another school entirely. Before the QPDR report made everyone who heard it forget, Kirby had witnessed Gwenifer Work, the vice president of Binary Consolidated, find out that her daughter and her daughter's best friend were superheroes. And she was mad about that. Fortunately, her memories were erased before she could do anything about it. But Kirby managed to hold on to his, and now he hopes to find Mrs. Work's daughter at her school so that he can find out a little bit more about her powers. There she is, Kirby whispers, spotting Dagny on a swing near the park bench. He sneaks in closer and sees that the other girl from the video is sitting next to Dagny, furiously scribbling on a piece of paper with a pencil. Perfect. Two for one. Kirby approaches the two girls and overhears Dagny reciting answers to homework problems while Amina writes them down. Kirby approaches the girls and greets them in the most polite way he can think of. Jeez, do you cheat much? Amina's face turns bright red and she stands to face Kirby. We're not cheating. And who the heck are you? I'm Kirby Kuramoto, he says, extending a hand. Amina keeps her own hands on her hips. Finally, Dagny rolls her eyes and stands up from the swing, shaking Kirby's hand. I'm Dagny, and this is my friend Amina. She is writing down my homework for me, because I, um, hurt my wrist. Kirby chuckles. Heh. <laughs> Now that sounds like the truth. Amina's fingers curl into fists, and she says, Who are you? You don't even go to the school. What do you want here, Kirby? Kirby crosses his arms and leans back. I have a question for you. Did you watch the news on Friday night? Amina steps forward and says, Why do you want to know? But at the same time, Dagny says, Yes, we did. Kirby nods and says, you watch QPDR, right? Bernie Connors? Dagny keeps nodding. Yeah, the Wondar story. Why do you care? Kirby nods along with Dagny. What were you doing right before you watched the news? Amina takes another step towards Kirby, her fist still clenched. This time she's almost standing on his feet. What? Are you some kind of detective? You're being a total creep. Just leave us alone. Kirby puts his hands up defensively and steps back. Of course, of course. He begins to walk away from the girls, but then says over his shoulder, But I have something you might be missing. This time Dagny rolls her eyes. Just stop it with this mysterious act. What is it? Kirby asks. Do you own a stunt cam? You know, the kind that attaches to a bike helmet? Dagny looks very confused. Like she's looking for a book on a bookshelf, 
that she knows she's read before, but she can't find anywhere. Finally, she says, I, I think I used to, but I guess I must have lost it. Kirby turns back to face the girls. This may sound a little weird. Everything you're doing is weird, Amina interrupts. Kirby holds a hand up to Amina, as if putting her on mute. She opens her mouth to say something more, but Dagny puts a hand on Amina's shoulder. Kirby continues, I found your stunt cam, and I could bring it to your house tonight. But first, I want you to watch this video. He pulls out his tablet, and the memory card from Dagny's stunt cam is stuck in it. He hits play on the video, and shows Dagny and Amina the footage from their superhero mission a few nights before that neither of them remember. That looks like me, Amina says, pointing to the superhero graphene on the screen. Kirby gives a sly smile and says, listen to her voice. Dagny gasps, oh my gosh, that is you. Amina is shaking her head. She sees herself on the screen, in a sleek gray and purple costume, moving around like a superhero. She watches herself do the trick that she knows how to do, turning a pencil drawing into an actual 3D object. But she's never done it like this before. She's never done it in a costume before. At least, she doesn't think she has. Amina's head starts to hurt, and she has to look away from the video. Dagny continues to watch open-mouthed, trying to form a sentence, but just mumbling, I, you, I, we. I'm graphene, Amina whispers. She looks at Kirby with clenched teeth. Dagny says, It can't be true. It is true, Kirby says. And Dagny, you're a hero too. You are the it girl. Memories come rushing back to Amina, and she says through her clenched teeth, her name is the IT girl. Kirby smiles at Amina. See, you remember? Dagny sits on the concrete holding her head. How can I know and not know? Wait, how do you even know? She says, looking at Kirby. I make it my business to know these things, he says, then leans in and whispers, I'm Beninja. Amina and Dagny don't reply for several moments, then Amina starts laughing. <laughs> what? Kirby says, annoyed. Amina can't reply, she's laughing too hard. Finally, she catches her breath and says, Beninja, what kind of name is that? It's a better name than it, girl, he says. Now, let's get serious. This is not a secure place to talk, but I do have somewhere we can go. Kirby leads the girls to the black Kuramoto family town car in the parking lot, where Butlerbot greets them politely before asking Kirby where he would like to go. As they drive, Kirby tells them more about his superhero identity, but Dagny is only half paying attention. She's using the rest of her brain to try to reconstruct events based on the recording Kirby had shown them. Dagny remembers that she and Amina had had a sleepover on Friday night. It started at her house, and it ended at her mom's apartment downtown. What happened in the middle? She only remembers vague snippets. Amina biking back in the dark. <laughs> 
The police at her house? As she tries to concentrate, the voices of the various machines in the car chatter in the back of her mind. This is her own superpower, the ability to hear broken machines and to tell them to reboot. One voice in particular is loudly saying, Low memory, low memory, over and over again. She starts listening to that voice. She looks for its source, Kirby's backpack. It's his tablet. She listens closer, and she swears she hears a softer sound under the memory warning, saying, Paused, paused, paused. She probes that voice in her mind, and realizes that in addition to feeling the tablet, she can actually feel the video player app in her brain. She's never done this before, but she tries to tell the app itself to restart. The tablet continues to warn her that it has low memory, but she feels the video player slip away, then come back. And when it does, it starts playing the video again. The tablet is buried so deeply in Kirby's backpack that no one can actually hear it. But if Dagny reaches out with her power, she can hear the computer telling her what the video is doing. In this way, she listens to the video all the way through to see if it can help her shake any thoughts loose. At the end of the video, Dagny hears Amina talking directly to her, and it all comes rushing back. Their plan to get Wandar's attention, but Ninja interfering with their mission. The super suit getting ruined, Dagny calling the police. She remembers the whole night. And Dagny remembers sitting in a limousine, so angry with her best friend over ruining a supersuit. She recalls turning on the TV and listening to the QPDR reporter, Bernie Connors, explain how Wondar had saved the day. Except Dagny knew that Graphene had done all of that work. That had been the exact moment that Dagny had lost her memory. Dagny snaps out of her focus on the computers. This is serious, she says to Kirby and Amina. I think we have our very own supervillain. Kirby nods and leans in. I know, and I think they have a club. Pulling his tablet back out of his backpack, Kirby brings up a picture of Jules Jones. This is the boy who stole your camera. Amina gasps and says, Oh my gosh, that's the fish boy. The time car rolls up to an old brick maintenance shed behind the school's district administration building. A huge radio tower stands atop the shed, stretching above even the tallest trees. Kirby excuses himself for a moment and punches a code on a keypad that looks far too new to be in such a decrepit building. He tells Dagny and Amina to wait by the car. After a minute, Amina says, This is just really weird. I mean, the guy is weird. He has a robot who drives a car. You can call me Butlerbot. Amina waves him away. And now this Kirby guy is trying to be mysterious all again. What do you think he's doing over there? Dagny gets out of the car and says, I think he's putting on his superhero suit. He's just trying to show off for us. He's right over there, in the shadow of the garage door. Kirby's voice comes from the shadow. How'd you know? Kirby steps out of the shadow to reveal that he has turned into Beninja in his dark brown and yellow costume. The circuitry in your gloves is miswired, Dagny says. I think you blew a capacitor. They're crying out to be fixed. Kirby twists his mouth up. 
That's impossible, he says. I made these myself. Dagny cocks her head to the side. Well, you must have made a mistake. Butlerbot steps out of the car and says, Children, please do not fight. Master Kirby instructed me to make these for you. He said they might help with what you are trying to do. He hands each girl a box. These are not quite as fancy as the binary supersuit that you wore on your last mission, but I do hope you like them. Amina opens her box. It contains a dark blue tracksuit with silver stripes running down the legs and sleeves. On the chest is a scribbled out pattern, just like the one she drew on the binary supersuit. And on top of the pattern is a hand-drawn letter G. The suit comes with a matching mask. What? No wings or jet boots? Amina says. Butler about nods and says, We can add features later. But Master Kirby said it was important to get started right away. And this was the best I could do on short notice. If you'll look closely, you'll notice that it has pencil stripes. I hoped you, of all people, might appreciate that. Dagny groans, and she opens up her own box. It contains a faded green vest with dozens of pockets for wires, wire cutters, and various computer parts, as well as a black hoodie and blue jeans. The hoodie is extra deep so that it covers her face when it is pulled up. Dagny hears a faint technical voice from the clothing. Huh, you have added a few enhancements. I can hear a comm unit in this clothing. Indeed, Butlerbot says. All three of the costumes I have made for you use the same frequency, so you can be in communication with each other. Dagny says, I have to say, I was a little mad that you designed costumes for us. But you really did a good job with these. Butlerbot bows and says, You're most welcome, masters. I have logged into school records and studied your homework assignments since kindergarten to find out what you would prefer. I am so pleased to hear that you like them. The girls slowly step into the garage. Dagny and Amina think Butlerbot, who gets back into the time car, while Beninja leads them into the old brick building. The walls of the maintenance shed are lined with computer screens. They show maps of the city, real-time location of police cars, and weather pattern. There's a lot of technology, but it looks like it was hastily thrown together, and not everything seems to be working. The noise of the computers talking is almost enough to drive Dagny crazy. What is this place? Amina says. My family bought it from the school a few years ago, Beninja says. My grandfather was getting weak cell phone reception in the area, so he just decided to pay for a new cell tower to be installed near the school. So they bought this space. The school was happy to have the money, and I was happy to have this space. Dagny is covering her ears and frowning. These computers need a lot of help. Can't you hear them telling you they're broken? Kirby shakes his head. You're just trying to make me feel bad. I built all these computers myself. This time, Amina puts up a hand to Kirby. Let's just cut to the chase. This is a cool hangout you've built, and your robot made us some cool costumes. But what are we doing here? But Ninja leans in and says... We're planning a mission for tonight. We need to figure what's going on with one of three villains. We could go after Fishboy, although I think he's a low priority. 
I don't think he knows his cover is blown just yet. That's one option. Dagny nods and says, Another option is that we could look into Bernie Connors. It was only after we heard his report on the news that we forgot our memories. He's either using mind control or someone is using him. Amina moves her head from side to side, considering the possibilities. Hey, you mentioned three villains, but we've only talked about two. Who's the third, Kirby? Beninja interrupts. Use superhero names when the masks are on. Amina corrects herself. Okay, Mr. Banana, you mentioned three villains. That's Fishboy, Bernie, but who else? Beninja takes a deep breath and looks at IT Girl. You might want to sit down, he says. Stop it with all the drama. Spit it out already. Who is the third villain? Kirby looks at Dagny directly in the eye. I hate to be the one to have to tell you this, IT Girl. But I think the third supervillain in Quadropolis might just be your mom. This is creative director Gabe White. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm glad you listened. Um, right now, this fish? That's right. You shouldn't forget about me. It's a ghost of a fish. And it was smashed by the tree masher. And creative director Gabe White has risen me from the grave so that I will have my revenge. And also to recommend a podcast to me. Yep. Gabe has told me about lots of great spooky podcasts that you can listen to at kidslisten.org. It's part of the spooky Halloween sweeps where kids podcasters are getting together to write ghastly episodes. Okay, wow. Is it time for me to get my revenge yet? No. I think I have a friend who knows a superhero who can stop the Tree Smasher. What were the letters we had to use again? Y, E, and O. That's too hard. No one will think of a superpower. Don't worry. Ten-year-old Ollie from East Grand Rapids has sent in a superhero, Yakman. Yakman's power is extremely ordinary yaks. How are extremely ordinary yaks going to help a ghost fish like me? Yak man will snap his fingers and a herd of extremely ordinary yaks will appear. They're so ordinary that they can eat anything except humans. So they will eat the logs before the logs get to the water to smash all the other fish. Don't worry, I don't think they'll be in the mood for fish. Oh, yay. Yakman has come to save the day. And we never have to worry about a supervillain again. Wait a minute. You... I thought you were creative director, Gabe. But I've never seen creative director Gabe with such an evil smile. You almost look like a villain. Ha ha ha. 
I'm Dr. McShape. Oh no, seven-year-old Trinley from Woodstock, Georgia told me about you. I can shapeshift into anything, even an extremely ordinary yak. Or even a creative director of a podcast. Oh no, we need to find a way to stop Dr. McShape. And we need to find creative director Gabe, wherever Dr. McShape has hidden him. Dr. McShape, I know this is incredibly unusual, but since Gabe isn't here, I need your help with the random letter generator. Could you please turn it on? Yep. Okay, Dr. McShape. Power it up. Yep. And generate those letters. Yep, yep, yep. The letters for this week are H, X, and P. That's what we get when we ask a supervillain to use the random letter generator. The worst letters we could possibly get. How are we going to find a superhero with the letters H, X, and P to defeat Dr. McShape? Listeners, we need your help. Ha, 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 ha. Oh no, what did I miss here? Alright, Dr. McShape, I'm coming back here to get my revenge. This is your writer and producer, Charlie White, coming back to try to put an end to some of this madness, and also to thank you, dear listener, for listening to another episode of Just Us Weirdos. Obviously, since you're listening to us, you already know how to find us. But just as a reminder, we're on the web at justusweirdos.com, and you can look us up in just about any podcast directory. Just search for Just Us Weirdos. For a fun trick, you can also listen to us on your smart speaker. If you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home device, just say the activation word and say, listen to Just Us Weirdos podcast. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Just Us Weirdos. And we're really looking for new followers to our Facebook page. If you haven't had a chance to do that yet, we'd really appreciate seeing you there. We're also on Instagram at Just Us Weirdos podcast. Here we feature some listener artwork, and you can see a picture of Ollie's Yak Man there. Our theme music was written, performed, and produced by Joe Carnwath, with trumpet by James Carnwath. Check out J- check out Joe's music online at Spotify. While you're at Spotify, you can also look up Love Hustler, who performs Cinderella, which you're listening to right now. Additional music comes from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, who wrote Zigzag, which is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Thanks for listening, and remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next week, weirdos.